This is kind of a large mic, isn't it? Who was it, Joey? He, yeah, where's Joey at today? He's flying, yeah. Well, tell him to stop making fun of my microphone and not showing up the next week. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. So when I, walked, when I was coming in today, the first two people I saw said, you're going to have this short, right? So, oh, my gosh. Who are the pressure? It is. I said this is the worst time to preach. Greg was actually going to, to preach this Sunday, and then I went, hey, I forgot it's potluck Sunday, so uh, let's give you not the pressure of getting it in as quick as possible. <laughs> but it's not about getting it, getting, it, getting it in as quick as possible. The Lord has some cool stuff to share. Um, the kids are going to be in here, by the way, so yay! Yay! Did you roll your eyes, Josie? Oh my gosh. Look, Judah, man, you're dancing. I love this. I would rather... Man. So if you want to go to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the title, according to the email, was just straight up love. I jokingly told my wife that that was the title of the message. She thought I was serious and put it in there, which is fine. I mean, we're talking about love. I was like, hey, you know, I was just kidding. She's like, well, you shouldn't be kidding whenever I ask you what the t- your sermon title is supposed to be. I'm like, well, that's kind of it's kind of bland, but it'll work. It'll work. The reason I want to talk about this today, because um, we can talk about it fairly concisely, is we've been discussing spiritual gifts, right? Woohoo! Spiritual gifts and spiritual fruit. And in 1 Corinthians 13, as we've talked about many times, we've heard this. Who has heard 1 Corinthians 13? Love is patient. Love is kind. Everybody. Whether you're a Christian or not, or follow Jesus or not, you've probably heard it at a wedding or some occasion. But it's really powerful when you think about this in the context of Paul is talking about spiritual gifts and togetherness in the body. Like if you, if you look back, which we will not today, we will go dive into 1 Corinthians 12, excuse me, where it talks about different spiritual gifts, about the body being many members, about the foot saying, well, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. Anybody ever feel like that? Seriously, like a little envious, you know? Oftentimes, whenever we do that, if we ever get the chance to be a hand, we're like, oh, I don't like that. I wasn't made for that. Anyone ever experience that? Think they want something, and then whenever they get there, they're like, whew, that's a little bit rough, because God designed you to be a foot. But at the very end of chapter 12, going into chapter 13, I think it's interesting, because Paul says things like, are all apostles, are all teachers, are all prophets, all these things, and basically the answer is no, no, no. We all have different roles, but he says, strive for the greater gifts, and I'll, sh- I'll still show you a more excellent way. And that word strive means to, to zealously, to yearn for, to go after. So spiritual gifts is not just something that we sit back and passively go, well, if God desires to give me one, I guess it's good. No, Paul says here and at the beginning of chapter 14 to strive, to go after them. You ever thought about that? Then in chapter 13... He kind of takes a, a break from talking about spiritual gifts, about what they are, because he opens up in chapter 12 saying, I, want you to, I do not want you to be uninformed, and begins to talk about how to operate in these spiritual gifts. What, what type of a position should we have in our hearts, in our spirits? And he says in chapter 13, verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love. And he is Certainly referring to the gift of tongues, which, he'll, which he talks about, which you guys remember what happens in Acts chapter 2? 
The Spirit falls, and supernaturally, these men are speaking in other languages, and they're speaking the mysteries of God, and it causes people to go, oh my gosh, this can only come from God. How? How do they know the languages? How are they speaking in, in these languages? And it's in a beautiful moment. And Paul says here, man, if I stand up in front, if, if John stands up and he can speak in all these different languages, heck, He's being a little, he's exaggerating a little, but he's emphasizing a point. Heck, if John can even speak in angelic tongues, if I'm up here doing this, if I did that, how many, how many of us would, you know, stand up, man, I'm, I'm doing this, I got these languages, I got these tongues, everyone's looking going, wow, he's so spiritual. Man, that, can you believe, I wish I was that close to God that I could do that. But Paul says, if I'm not operating from a position of love, which that word is agape, and agape-type love has to do with a selfless type of love. In fact, it's kind of hard to define because <clears throat> whenever, all right, whenever you're trying to explain something, even in our own English language, do you ever have concepts that it's hard to find words to completely grasp it? For example, if I say God is love, which is what John says in 1 John, is that the type of love, like I love potlucks? Or is the type of love like I love my wife? Is the type of love like I love my kids? So understanding the context of what he's saying is a really, really big deal. And so when we're looking to define love, love should really be defined, something that cosmic, that incredible, the love of God. If God is love, it's defined by as we read these scriptures and say, well, what is God saying that is? Because even if we go to the Greek and look at what agape means, that's as close as Paul can get. It doesn't mean that that's it. It's a great place to start. And this isn't all-encompassing on, on, on what love is, but it does give us a piece, a piece of what love is. If I stand up here and I, and I, man, I'm just so spiritual speaking in these tongues and all these things, you know that Paul says, basically, if I'm not operating from a place of love, if I'm not operating from a place where I'm actually caring about Bethany and her being encouraged and Natalie, but I'm caring more about me, then God sees me as having a giant symbol going, or a noisy gong. You know how obnoxious that is? I may think that I'm holy. I may think I'm spiritual. Everyone here may think I'm just, what a holy person. But God's like, <laughs> you're, you're clanging symbol because you're not operating from a position of love. Then he goes on to say, if I have prophetic powers, we've talked about the gift of prophecy, prophecy right? And understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Here we go. Here goes Paul again. So if God, if I know the heart of God, man, I, I, God has been revealing himself. I know exactly what he wants for his people. I understand the words so well. I'm giving words to people. I'm operating in these prophetic powers. And I understand all these mysteries. I have all this knowledge of who God is. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, man, I have so much faith people are getting healed. I'm laying my hands on them. Marriages are getting restored. Addicts are getting set free. I have all this faith. But Paul says, if I'm not operating from a place of love, how could you do that, John? How could you have those things but not operate from love? It's just super simple, right? Like, I mean, I, 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 I've seen this happen. And to be honest, there's probably the temptation that's crept into my own life to have being used by God in powerful ways and be thinking, man, it's pretty nice. Where the focus shifts from attention on others and the focus, there's a temptation for all of us and all these gifts for your focus to begin to shift towards you, the, the, the one using the gift. Isn't that amazing? It's a gift from God 
and then there's a potential that the enemy will twist it to help us to get to 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 make us allow us to get arrogant a little bit or a little bit boastful. But if I do all these things, man, I don't care. People could go, what a prophet John is. Goodness gracious, John King, man. Have you seen the faith of Seth? And they may think you're great, but, but, but Paul says if we're, not, if we're not operating from that place of agape, God-type love, then you're nothing. You're nothing. How strong is this language? Like, it's, you are wasting your time. You're absolutely nothing. If I give away all my possessions, the gift of giving, we share this. So he's talking about all these different gifts. And if I hand over my body so that I may boast, man, if I am going around helping the needy, if I am taking 70% of my paycheck and giving it to those who are hurting, if I'm, you know, taking the coat off my back whenever someone needs it, if I'm giving my body over to even suffer for Christ, but I'm not focused on others, the, the focus is on myself, and of course you can do that. People want to be seen as, you know, as, as givers. Don't lie, don't lie, don't pretend. Like whenever someone sees you writing a tip, you go and give a little more sometimes when you know they're watching. Everyone's done it. I've done it. Uh-oh, everyone's like, <laughs> I'm just being real. Like, well, yeah, better give a couple extra bucks. I hope they don't think I'm a cheapskate. Everyone's quiet because they know they did it. <laughs> but I know it's deep, huh? Woo-hoo. But if I'm doing those things to be seen by man, to be puffed up, to be seen as someone who really cares about the hurting and the needy, then guess what Paul says? Paul says, if I'm not operating, if I'm operating from a place about me instead of about them, and that's why this is so important. The spiritual gift is all about the body and working together. If it's about me and I don't have love, then I gain nothing. So when Jesus says, store it for yourself, treasures on heaven where moth and rust don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal, when he's talking about that, if you're giving all your money away and helping all these people, but you're not operating from a place of love for them, then you aren't. <laughs> he says you gain nothing. You're not building treasures for yourself in heaven. And then he goes on to say what love is. Some people say this is a definition. I would say it would be incomplete. There's so much more in scriptures about love, but it's a great, it's a great place to look. He says love is patient. Well, what does that look like in the context of spiritual gifts? That's what he's talking about. Does that look like if a brother or sister is beginning to maybe focus on him or herself a little, that we don't just kick them to the curb? Does it look like if individuals are growing in their gifting. Maybe they have a gift of hospitality and they kind of screwed it up. And man, that was, you messed up that event that you were putting on or you're inviting people over or whatever it may be. Does that mean that we're just like, get out of here? And the love is patient. That means that we suffer through. Like we, we, we're there with them. We grow together. You know, if we, the more we operate together as a body and in spiritual gifts, God will give us opportunities all the time to be patient with one another, will we? Our society basically is taught we'll just go to the next church. Get mad, get frustrated, go on to the next group of people. That's not what family is. That's not what love is. Love doesn't just, up, oh, nope, I'm gone. Love is kind. So let's just say someone had a prophetic word for somebody and am I supposed to go up to John King and be like, well, God said this and John, you messed up here and you messed up here and you messed up here. I'm done, I'm the prophet and walk away. That's not love. It says love is kind. Does it mean harsh and brash and be a jerk to people? 
It means like you're thinking of the body and growing together. I'm sure if someone had something for me to share with me, I would much rather than be kind about it. Love isn't envious or boastful or arrogant. And I think that the envious part is so key because in chapter 12, he says, if I'm a foot and I say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. And this is saying that if we're operating in that position, then we're not operating in love. Why? Because it's about you and it's not. It's about us. Whenever someone has an amazing, you know, word from God or does something great, we should, if we're operating in love, the love of the body, we should be cheering them on going, yes, we shouldn't be going, I wish I was the one giving it. I've, I've, I have done that before. I, no doubt. There is no doubt that I have seen men and women used in a powerful way, and I was a little envious going, man, I wish God was using me that way. Instead of celebrating it, Paul says in Romans chapter 12, in the context of spiritual gifts, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. If we're a body, then we don't get envious, we celebrate. That's, if we could grab hold of this, this is powerful, because I have failed in this more than once. I don't know about y'all, maybe it's just me, but I've gotten envious. It says, it's not boastful or arrogant. On the flip side, when you're operating and God is using you in a powerful way, we don't get arrogant about it. Why? Because then again, it's about me. It's about me. Well, my dad preached a great sermon last Sunday, didn't I? How about that one, y'all? Huh? See, that's, it's not about us. Every message that God puts on my heart should be about how to equip and build you all up. It has nothing to do with me. Of course, it's also growing me as well, but that's the position that God has given us that, that we, should, we should operate in. Of course, it's not rude. And then I love this next line. It does not insist on its own way. Think about that. I've been in ministry and stuff so long that if I think about even like the, I'll just, let's, just, let's just scratch this, even the Sunday morning gathering, we like church the way we like it. Is that right? Well, I like to sing in this way, and I like to preach in this way, and I like what communion do it this way. It's not about what you like. It's what, about what edifies the body. If it's, if it's about what I like and only what I like, then I'm not operating from a place of love. I'm operating from a place of selfishness. Well, I like it that way. I don't like the way he preached that. So ask yourself, and it's not just Sunday morning service, but ask yourself, are you insisting on your own way? Is it, are we living with our families? Are we living in the body going, nope, it's my way or the highway? Because that's not love. And if we're not operating in love, we're not gaining anything. It's not irritable. Who gets ir- irritated real easily? Love isn't that. How about this? It's not resentful. It, or some translations say it doesn't, you don't keep the records of wrong. That's a huge one. How many struggle with that? You get bitter and resentful very easily. And you hold grudges on people and you do things like that. That's not love. Why? Because it's all about you again. It doesn't mean that if someone treats you bad, you just allow them to continue to slap your hand and screw, you know, mess you over time after time. But it also doesn't mean that you harness and keep resentment and you're holding back resentment from the body. We can't live, we can't operate, we cannot go out and reach our community and do well out there if we're harnessing resentment and bitterness towards one another. It also doesn't mean that we don't address it head on. Sometimes we're harnessing bitterness and resentment because we're unwilling to actually deal with it. Anybody, anybody ever do that? We just would rather sweep it than actually go and meet it head on and go, we're a body, let's figure out how to get through this. Brother, sister, I have this issue. 
It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. And I think this is huge. Because our culture would tell you, most of the time, love is mere acceptance, right? And acceptance of who, whatever. You accept what I do, the way I live, whatever. That's what love is. But Paul's very clear. He says, no, actual true love rejoices in God's truth. It doesn't rejoice in doing wrong. It doesn't say, yeah, it's okay, man. It's great, man. It's great to be an alcoholic and ruin your family's life. It's wonderful. I accept you for who you are. That's great. No, love rejoices in, in helping those that are in need, in speaking and knowing truth. It bears all things. John spoke a couple weeks ago about one anothering, and part of that is bearing one another's burdens, bearing with one another. What does that mean? You're going to get frustrated at people sometimes. There's going to be times in relationships. Like, look, we're, we're called to be family, a community, a deep-rooted community, a family. With our close families at home, we don't, I mean, we go through tiffs, right? I mean, don't you get mad at your brother or sister or your mom or dad or whatever sometimes? You like to use the word tiff, Seth? He's laughing at me. We go through spats. It doesn't mean that we just divorce ourselves of a relationship with my brother because I got mad about this or that. We bear with one another. We believe all things. We hope and we endure all things. Then Paul goes on, because I'm going to keep it short today. I'd love to get into the next part. That's the juicy part. But I'm going to keep this short today. That Paul goes on to basically say this. Listen, the spiritual gifts are going to end. Like, there, there's going to be a time, Paul says, there's a mirror dimly lit. And back in their day, all mirrors weren't perfect glass mirrors like we have right now. Many of their mirrors were bronze or different things. And can you imagine looking at a mirror where you, you see a good picture of what you are, or maybe okay, or whatever. But Paul says at this moment, even Paul, at this moment with the Corinthians saying, we still are just seeing things in part. But there's going to be a day when we see face-to-face. And I I, I'm convinced that that's when the Lord returns and we see him face to face. And he says, in the midst of that, he says, now this is just interesting to me, at that moment, and I will know fully, I will be fully known. And then in, in, in verse 13 says, now faith, hope, and love abide. So faith, hope, and love will remain forever. And I was really messed over by this. I just really started thinking, I've heard this so many times this morning, the greatest of these is love. And I, I, personally, I was thinking about f- faith. That's a big, faith is a big deal. Paul's not saying faith is unimportant. Paul's not, in fact, Paul's saying that faith is one of the things that will endure forever. But Paul says wh- something is, that love is greater than faith. I don't know what to do with that right now, but I'm pondering it <laughs> because that really shows me because there's, that, there, there's something there. And then he opens up verse chapter 14 with pursue love. Pursue it and strive for spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Again, he calls for the striving, the zealously going after. And what's so important here is Paul doesn't just say, well, just sit back and hope love happens. Just sit back and if the Holy Spirit's going to give you a gift, he'll just zap you with it. And He actually says strive for these things. And if, if we're true disciples of Jesus... Disciples of Jesus walked with Jesus. They sat at the master's feet and they constantly learned and applied what, was, what, what Jesus was teaching. So if we're taking today what we've got here today, how can we do that? How can we do that in our lives? Instead of just hearing a message and going on, can we look at some of the things of what love is and begin to this week go, Jesus, 
I want to be transformed. We want to be transformed into your image because we said this whole time, all about spiritual gifts is for the building up the body so that we can show the world the mature body of Christ and we have to do it together. So as part of the body, am I lacking patience? Is that, yeah, ask the Lord. You're going to ask the Lord for that? God, give me a chance to show patience to a brother or sister when it is in relation to spiritual gifts this week. Good Lord, he'll probably give you that opportunity and you probably won't like it. Maybe it's kindness. Maybe it's envy. Maybe there's, maybe there's some deeper envy or resentment that you have. Maybe there's opportunity to rejoice with those who are doing, that God is just using in a powerful way in recognizing that we are a body and not just individuals. Individuals, members of a body, but we are together. So I'm going to ask you to think, I'm walking with Jesus this week. To put yourself there as a disciple. I'm walking with him. Jesus, how can I begin to become more transformed into your image. And guess what? You can't do none of this on your own. You have to have other people. You cannot show love on your own. You can't bear with yourself. I mean, I guess you could try, but that's not what he says. Be kind. He doesn't say be kind to yourself. It's talking about being kind to others. So we have to be in relationship with each other. Father, we love you. And that word is love. Man, it's, it's just it's so much, Lord. I, I pray that you would give us a deeper revelation of your love, not just to have as in our minds or a knowledge of it, but that we would receive the knowledge of it and actually apply, like live that out in our lives. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would truly show us, reveal to us places of growth, because we want to constantly, until the day we die, I believe, we want to continue to be more like Jesus. So I ask that even right now that you would begin to show us areas of growth corporately, areas of growth individually when it comes to operating in gifts, one anothering each other, and ultimately operating in the love that you have, Lord. We know that the only way that we can love is because you first loved us and because your love and that your lo- the love only comes from you, that, that we cannot do this without you. And when we see your type of self-giving love, completely selfless love, a love, that can be hung on a cross and say, Father, forgive them. I, it's, I don't, it's very hard for me to fathom, but I want to grow in it because I, I don't think I'm there yet, Lord. And I pray that we would grow together in that. And we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.